G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. I know you've been going through a tough time, Roz, and uh, I know that in Adelaide there's been pretty heavy weather over these past few days and uh, at your home you've suffered a little flooding. Yes, indeed. Uh, We spent yesterday trying to clean up with a wet-dry vacuum cleaner And uh, we sucked up a lot of water, we thought, but our carpets are still very wet. And uh, we just feel for all the other homes who have been even worse affected. And has this happened to you uh, in any recent history or is it uh, Uh, something? No. Well, the only uh, similar event was uh, over 40 years ago. You remember Cyclone Tracy in Darwin? Yes, that's back to 74. Well, that didn't only dump on Darwin... Uh, and virtually destroy the city, but some of it came south to Adelaide and we had a great downpour and uh, we just um, put our new lawn in and some new cuttings and they were all swept away. We had a great pile of mud in front of our garage, but fortunately uh, we were home and were able to deal with the deluge as it happened and clear the drain and, you know, stop a a build-up. But nobody was home when we were flooded um, the day before yesterday. Mm -hmm. So uh, it all came through. Well, uh, you're in our prayers, Roz. And I'm sure many around the nation will be uh, thinking of you and and sympathising a little with you because uh, lots of people do, from time to time, suffer these uh, natural disasters and flooding is not the most pleasant of experiences. But, uh, Roz, thanks so much for being available today. This issue of free speech ahead of the coming double dissolution election, uh, is there uh, on the horizon any reprieve to some of the oppression that's been... Uh, that's been binding some Christian voices? Well, to some degree, there was great rejoicing when Martine Delaney, the transgender Greens activist in Tasmania, dropped uh, the complaint against Archbishop Porteous for the very well, gently worded booklet called Don't Mess With Marriage. And Martine complained that by upholding man-woman marriage... <clears throat> Uh, the Catholic bishops were insulting uh, people, uh, transgender people, same-sex attracted people, which is an extraordinary complaint. And it's been going for many, many months and with no resolution, and suddenly Martine has dropped it. But the law that allowed Martine to do that is still on the books. Um, It still is very, very unfair. It allows anybody who claims... They've been uh, humiliated or offended or insulted by something that's been written or said on the basis of uh, sexual orientation or transgenderism to complain to the Anti-Discrimination Board in the case of Tasmania. In other states, they have similar boards. And uh, the government or the taxpayer will pay all their legal 
expensive. They, they will take the case if they think it has merit. And in this case, amazingly, the Tasmanian uh, Anti-Discrimination Commissioner said it had merit. And uh, the poor person who said something, and it may be quite true, as in this case, the book Don't Mess With Marriage, everything it said was quite true. But uh, because it offended some people, uh, it's been dragged before this uh, uh, commission. I guess it's it's fair to say, isn't it, Ros, that anti-discrimination tribunals are equally accessible by anyone who feels offended. But uh, it, at this point, I guess people who are speaking out from a Christian point of view and and really receiving on the receiving end of uh, a lot of vitriol, uh, Christians tend not to pursue that sort of complaint at a at a legal tribunal. Well, not true. You can only complain if you're same-sex attracted or if you're transgender or things like that. Um, Yes, in some states you can complain on the basis of religious belief, but in the past where Christians have used that, I don't know if you remember the horrible artistic uh, production called Piss Christ. I I do recall it, yep. Mm -hmm. I hate even saying that name. Yep. Now, some Christians complained in Victoria because it was on display in the National Gallery uh, that, you know, they had been um, greatly offended and the Anti-Discrimination Board simply dismissed it and said Christians were the majority and, and they could fend for themselves, that they were only interested in minorities. So Christians don't get anywhere. Well, Christians do appear to be on the receiving end. And, of course, with the marriage debate and the major parties on the both sides of political divide are trying to separate the issue of marriage from the upcoming election because we've got a proposed plebiscite beyond the election. Uh, but this marriage issue is divisive and it does need to be talked about in the lead-up to the election because uh, if Labor wins the election, of course, the promise is uh, in 100 days we'll have same-sex marriage. And then there's doubt over whether uh, Malcolm Turnbull, with his own mandate, uh, might even pursue that plebiscite. So this marriage issue has to stay in the spotlight and uh, and issues of freedom of speech are very much a part of uh, of how we actually approach the defence of marriage between a man and a woman. Absolutely. Um, As you said, it is a very vital issue for the election because if Labor wins, as you say, there will be same-sex marriage within 100 days. Um, And the plebiscite is no sure thing. But uh, I think a lot of Christians don't even realise how much it will affect them. I've been speaking to um, a couple in America... Uh, the wife was born in Australia, so she's concerned about what's happening here. And uh, they were living in California. Now, California is one of those states, uh, you might call them progressive, we call them backwards. Uh, things were so bad in California after same-sex marriage was legalised in the United States that the schools were insisting that even kindergarten children would be taught about homosexuality, taught that they could marry, you know, a a woman or a man when they grew up, uh, taught that their gender was anything they felt like at the time. 
And this couple decided they would move to a different state where that, the government in that state was still more in support of Christian values. But she is concerned that here in Australia, well, we're already seeing signs of it, that uh, Christians will really be in trouble should same-sex marriage be legalised. And it's not only Christians, others who don't necessarily hold a Christian faith but feel that marriage, as it's always been, is a man and a woman who will raise children who know both their mum and their dad, they'll be in trouble too. And if you speak out, you'll be in real trouble. Roz, those sorts of issues that are warming as issues that are ethical issues in the lead-up to the election, and of course uh, big parties are trying to keep economic issues, no doubt, to the forefront, and economic issues are important when we are electing a government, but these ethical issues very important too. That whole Safe Schools Coalition program hasn't gone away, and it remains a significant factor which threatens the idea of Christians having free speech. Absolutely. And there's a clear divide between the Coalition and Labor on that issue. It was Labor who instituted the Safe Schools program, both in Victoria and federally. We feel that the Coalition, once they got government, were very weak in their response. But at least they've now stood up and said, you know, there are problems with it and they've got to be fixed. But Labor saying, no, the original program is what we want and uh, effectively that they're going to make sure it's everywhere. So there's a very clear divide between the two parties on education of our children. Now, with this constant erosion of these freedoms that we have had traditionally to be able to speak up and have our say, what do you think, Ros? about ways to turn around the erosions. Is there a a positive track that we ought to be thinking about when it comes to free speech? I mean, uh, issues to do with uh, the Constitution, uh, 18C, all sorts of things like that that that, uh, are still in the spotlight when it comes to free speech. Is there a track back to having free speech? Well, the Constitution's not the problem. Uh, It's uh, laws in most states that outlaw uh, any word or uh, written or spoken or activity that offends or insults. And really, those laws need to be repealed wherever they are. And indeed, Family Voice, which is where I belong, we have been arguing this to inquiries and to governments for many years. Um, You remember what happened to Pastor uh, Daniel Scott, I recall. And uh, Pastor Danny Nalia. Yep. When all Pastor Scott did when he conducted a seminar on Islam in a Christian church was to explain what the Quran teaches. And he read out parts of the Quran and explained that it was encouraging people to kill unbelievers and so on. And he was explaining that this is behind the radical Islamists who, you know, fly into the Twin Towers and commit atrocities and so on. They are doing it because of what the Quran teaches. Now, because he spoke those true words, it cost him over a million dollars and years of great stress until finally the uh, Victorian Supreme Court of Appeal vindicated what he did. But that law is still on the books, so somebody could still do the same thing. 
It's almost a contradiction, isn't it, that Christians who stand on a platform of love are accused of being so insulting and uh, so abrasive and so offensive. And uh, the issue here is sometimes we think as Christians we're called to be somehow rather nice, uh, but Christians stand for truth and for standing for what is good. And if you stand for truth and what is good, then uh, you're likely to be accused of being offensive. Uh, That's that's something I, I guess we've all got to grapple with in our own minds. I read the judgments in that uh, court case with the Supreme Court of Appeal in the two pastors case. And one of the judges said quite clearly that telling the truth can offend. And therefore, just because you're told the truth doesn't mean that you, you're uh, not guilty. Uh, because if you say the truth about a bad religion, then that's more likely to cause you know, hurt and offence and insult and so on than if you didn't tell the truth. I mean, it's just extraordinary. Our society, our civilization, well, our Western civilization used to be based on Christian values where the truth shall set you free, as Jesus said. But increasingly, it's honour and shame, which is a feature of uh, some Eastern societies. And you mustn't say the truth if it would um, detract from the honour of a person or if it would shame a person. And I am very sad to see that value seem to come to the fore now with these sorts of laws. Well, I'm mindful of the words of the great Francis Schaeffer who said that Christianity was the foundation for freedom without chaos and uh, an interesting concept to think through because uh, one person's idea of freedom perhaps looks different, but uh, freedom without chaos, uh, in my mind, is is something that we ought to fight for here in Australia, the idea of uh, remaining free and having freedom of speech. Ros Phillips, always appreciate your insights and uh, freedom of speech, one of those issues that will remain at the forefront in the lead up to this double dissolution election and of course beyond in the lead up to a plebiscite about marriage. But certainly appreciate your insights again today and uh, we'll catch up sometime soon. All the best with your clean up from the flooding in Adelaide and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you very much, Neil. Good to be with you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.